0: You're listening to Sarah Hagen Backstage, with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. This week, Sarah talks with Sarah Thora. Welcome to Sarah Hagen Backstage. Our guest today, Sarah Thauer, is known for her incredibly authentic and unique drumming style, as well as her fun and creative videos. Today, we are going to talk to Sarah about getting started in drumming at a very young age, playing with acts such as Watsky and her own band, and her very valuable advice about always being yourself and owning your own brand. Please join us as we cover these topics and more with Sarah Thauer. Sarah Thauer. Sarah Thauer, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi,
1: Sarah Hagen. I'm doing fantastic because I'm here talking to you. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Thank you. It's great to see you and get a chance to catch up. Yes, it's been a while. It, it has been a little while. It's been um, over a year since I've actually seen you in person, which is is rare because we usually get to see each other a few times a year and you know we've all been in quarantine how how has that been for you
1: you know what I've used this time to like chill out and do a lot of reflecting as to what I want to do with my life in terms of drumming and in music I felt like before quarantine it was like go rehearsal go tour go gig go now it's Mm -hmm. like it's Sarah time. What does she want in her life? So, just been making a lot of changes, writing a lot of music. Um, yeah, it's it's been great. Yeah,
0: and that's important, I think, to recognize. And you and I have had that conversation a, a couple times over the past year, where you know you're you're thinking, well, you know what? I think I'm not going to do that. I'm going in this direction, and and maybe I'll you know be a little like choosier about what I'm spending my time doing. I think that's that's really important. Yeah, totally is. That's amazing. So so I've seen, you know, you've been posting a ton. You have a lot going on. We're going to talk about all of that stuff. But I do want to kind of go back in time and talk a little bit about baby Sarah and how <laughs> how you got started, because you really were a very, very small child when you started playing drums. You you were two years old. Right. Which I mean, I know two year olds and I <laughs> I think about them playing drums. And there are these phenomenal players who start out at that age. And you're one of those players that started out playing when you were two and played your first gig at like five or something. Right. Yeah.
1: So it's interesting. My dad is a musician He was more so active back in the day, mostly like Bollywood Indian music primarily. And um, we would have instruments laying around the house all the time. And, my mom would be working and he would babysit my twin sister and I on the drums and percussion. And he would like blast out Bollywood music and we'd be running around the basement hitting whatever we could. So my twin sister, she's one minute, one minute older than me. Her name is Farah. She had like, she didn't care about the drums. Mm -hmm. And it was me who was always playing and she would have like, she would have no attention for it. So my parents were like, oh, Sarah has a little something going on. And they supported it. They kind of let it flourish. And I was just always behind the drums. And I felt like it was normal actually to love the drums until I saw my sister being like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, I think, I think it is normal, right? When you, when you're a kid, like rhythm and, you know, finding ways to make noise with things is just something that you do, um, even from a young age. And I think like, it depends if your parents kind of foster that and recognize it or, or maybe they don't. And, and you and I have talked before about how, you know, you did start playing young and start playing, started playing gigs and playing with your, um, with your father. But then when it came to like doing that as a profession, maybe that wasn't so, um, that wasn't something that they were so into.
1: No. So I'll get into that. So (laughs) yeah. Um, my parents. like, you know, they're all modern. They call themselves modern, but you know, they're a little traditional in some senses. And, in, you know, in the community, to be successful, whatever that means um, doctor, lawyer, engineer. So, my twin sister is like really brainy and academic. So, she was getting all the straight A's in school. And my parents were like, okay, Sarah can play these drums and we'll buy her whatever she wants, but you know, secretly we're gonna make this like on for her med school application, like not for her career. Mm -hmm. And then they saw that like, no, I want this to be my career. And then they first gave me a lecture saying that, why do you wanna be a drummer? The drummer's at the back of the stage. Nobody cares about drummers, you're ruining your life. So what they did is they bought me all the drums. I played drums with my dad on stage, but they enrolled me in piano and singing classes for like 10 to 15 years. And I, when I say hate, This is one thing that I hated in my life is these lessons every single week, Um, it's crazy. But um, then they saw that I was taking it very seriously and then applied to school for it. And this ultimately made me self-taught. So now I'm grateful for it, that I'm on the other side, that like my approach to drumming and music became very organic. Like it wasn't stickings. That's the first thing that I played. The first thing I played was and then on percussion is what I started on. Then how do I voice that on the kids? So it came from a very feeling perspective sort of thing. And so I'm grateful for it now, but it was a fun ride.
0: Yes. So sometimes you have to be that like young advocate for yourself. Like, I I know this is what you want for me, but this is (laughs) the direction I'm going in and that's what I want to do. And I'm sure your parents are incredibly proud of you um, you know, what you've, what you've become and what you've made of yourself. is just amazing.
1: It's funny. I mean, yeah, they're proud, but it's like, my mom will say, you know, you can still apply for your master's <laughs>
0: degree. Like
1: one of her friends at work, like she, my mom's an engineer. So she met her friend at work and their son or daughter played piano or something or got a degree in music. And she's like, you know, my friend's daughter is now applying for med school and she just has a music degree. I'm like, mom, stop giving me these hints. Cause it's not going to happen. <laughs>
0: Right. I, I know that you uh, you can, you know, make sure that they know that that's the direction you want to go in. And I think the same thing, like you always think, well, you know, someday maybe I'll go to law school. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. But but this is you know, this is in you. This is your passion and you found it. And how great is that? Yeah, It's
1: amazing. I think we are very, very, very blessed. All of us will play the drums.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And it's fun, like, to have something that's so fun be your career. We're lucky. Yeah, we get to hit things for a living, basically. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you, like, thinking back to being a kid and playing gigs, how... Were you? Did you ever have stage fright or was this always something that was so natural for you? Because you look so natural and comfortable and free, you know, playing. Was it always like that for you? I, it was always like that for
1: me. It's like I felt that playing on stage or playing music is what was normal, just like eating food or like going to the toilet. For me, it was nothing abnormal. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, I felt that later on in life, like when I went to school for music, that's when I started getting like nervous and doubtful but up until 18 I was having the time of my life so it's interesting that like sometimes the institutions or societal pressures or Instagram or whatever like that can really mess with your head but before that absolutely like no stage fright whatsoever
0: yeah that's amazing yeah I think I think like anything until you realize um you don't, you don't know what you don't know, right? So, so yeah, so early on, you have that immediate, like, um, nothing can touch me, you know, like, no, no fear. And then you realize what, what could happen, or, you know, you get those insecurities that come up. And, you know, I think that kind of intimidates a lot of people from carrying on something that they love as a child, and, you know, maybe making a decision to go a safe route. Um, where they're not putting themselves out there, but, um, we're all happy that you made the decision to, to keep moving in that direction. Um, and, and along those lines, you know, your videos are so incredible and inspiring. And one of the first videos maybe the first video that I ever saw of you was you playing outside in the snow, playing a shovel. Um, you have to tell us about that. How, how did that come about?
1: yeah so okay when i was like 16 or 15 that's when like youtube started coming out and that's when i was like okay now it's time to get creative so i would play drums in my basement and i would go to my door and start making sounds with the locks i would go in my mom's kitchen take all of her pots and then i remember a couple of years back there was a huge snowstorm and everything got cancelled and i'm like okay you know what i'm gonna go outside and make the most of it so i got some help we put my drums outside Took my mom shovel. Well, let's make a video,
0: <laughs> and it was yeah. it was just so fantastic. I think it like it showed anyone who hadn't ever seen you play your creativity, um, and you know that kind of follows through to everything that you're doing now. I can think of all of the different ways that you get creative with your drums, and you know the the latest videos of you putting your foot on your drum, um, <laughs> and I love the way that you are so. Um, like unapologetic about anything you're doing. You're like, yep, I'm putting my foot on my job and I'm probably going to keep doing it because I love it. And, you know, um, I think that's really important because you have to have confidence in this industry um, and your confidence comes through 100%. Um, and, you know, we've had the conversation before about how to deal with the negatives, things that come up that aren't so great. Um, that don't feel so great, because there are people out there who will, will comment negatively on pretty much anything, it could be absolutely perfect in every way, and you'll get negative comments. Um, And you kind of have a great perspective on that. Can you share that a little bit?
1: Of course. So one thing that I've been reflecting on a lot is what's the definition of right or wrong? Who like, really, if you look at the sky, I mean, we've been taught that the sky is blue, But Mm -hmm. like, like, what if someone told, what if you were born and someone said, hey, Sarah, the sky is purple and you believed all your life that it's purple. Then you have this belief system around purple. So technically there's no right or wrong. And I've been told so many things in my life. Like when I started doing these funny rap videos, well, I mean, like I find them funny, even if nobody laughs. But like um, (laughs) someone told me like, um, Sarah, you know, you're ruining your career. You got to display yourself all professional. And I'm like, what does that mean? Art is expression. Music is expression. And even some people were like, you know, in that song that you played, the transition to the B section, you know, you sped up a hair, or you slowed down a hair, or you didn't fill in very smoothly. Or if the bass player is not playing, you have to hit the cymbals and not hit the kick. And I'm like, I'm going to reverse it. I'm going to reverse the rules and break the rules. So it's it's for me, it's always been about what are my reference point in life? What are my reference points? Like back in the day, Tower of Power or whomever, you can see the drums were moving, maybe a little fast, a little bit slower because there's no technology. So right now, if I speed up or slow down, that's okay, it's a part of life. If I make a mistake, that's a part of life, it's okay. Just that nowadays, everyone's documenting things and everyone's editing to make it perfect and that humanity is gone. So coming to the realization that drums is a vessel, that we are a vessel to kind of bring our spirit out, like that's how I ultimately see music and that's my headspace and where i'm at
0: i love that and i think that that's the most important thing you know you're doing you're doing this in your way and either people will gravitate toward that and they will appreciate it and understand it or they won't and that's okay right so there are plenty of other things to uh, to enjoy and you're putting yourself out there in such a natural way Um, and I, you know, I kind of call it your, your spoken word drumming, which, um, which is so, so good. I love it when you do those videos. Um, and it kind of reminds me of an artist that you played with Watsky, like his, his style of like putting spoken word into his music. Um, and so, you know, I love to see you doing that kind of thing and expressing yourself in that way totally different, mind you. Um, But it does, you know, it kind of reminds me of that style. Um, And you were, were you touring with Watsky when the quarantine happened or were you supposed to be? I can't remember that time.
1: So two years back, we did a two month tour in US and Europe. And then right before the pandemic, we were rehearsing in LA to go on another two month tour. And like we were on day three of rehearsal and it said on the news, it's officially declared a pandemic. And we're like, "Uh uh-oh. Okay.
0: (laughs) right. And then you and then you were that you had to get home. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, And speaking of home, you have your your drum set up. You have your studio space. And um, and I heard you're going to have a a revamp of your studio space. So I can't wait to see that is going to be fun. What do you have? What do you have planned for um, the you know new videos? Do you have some things in mind that you're going to uh, to explore?
1: I have I have a lot of quirky, crazy ideas that I'm working on. Um, Perfect, soon to come. Yeah, and I'm working with different musicians and producers. Like we're writing a lot of music, and yeah, a lot of fun stuff to come out.
0: Yeah, stay tuned. I love it. Um, And I, I, you know, I can't wait to see how you creatively explore the drums. But, you know, you always like there's something about how you combine the Indian music with like the popular um, American music that is fascinating to me. And, um, you know, I've had this conversation with other people, too. It's just like it's something that you bring in. And you actually studied um, Indian music, right? And, And that was in college. Is that right?
1: uh so for me like i was so there's i'll go into a little bit of a tangent if you don't mind please do absolutely so for me growing up you know it was a time where we had uh, cassettes and cd players available there was no youtube at the time so whatever our parents and families brought in that's the only stuff that we had access to so my dad would primarily bring in indian and bollywood music and indian classical stuff too and we would have drum sets and tablas and indian percussion laying around the house and all I heard in my ears were Indian percussion. So if you look in North America, right, when you look in North America, the drum set is center stage and usually the percussion is kind of like an accessory complementing the drummer. In Indian music, generally, the Indian percussion is center stage and the drum kit is funny enough supporting the percussion. So listening to Indian music growing up, when I heard tabla, when I looked at the drum set, I heard a tabla. I didn't hear, like, I never listened to Steve Gad or anyone that amazing growing up on the drum set. So that was my view of the drums, was like Indian rhythms that are on the drums. And it was a very natural thing that I did. Um, and then I, st- I started taking tabla lessons. You know, that's one thing that my dad put me in is tabla lessons to understand the syllables, the rhythmic cycles. And so I played it for like 10 to 15 years, but then my heart was always on the drums. And then, It got to a point where I was playing a lot of Indian festivals for different Bollywood artists that come from India and getting invited, blah, blah, blah. And they would only hire me and no other percussionist, which was not rare. But usually you would want some sort of loops or percussionist because it's like popular music. If you have like a Katy Perry song and you don't have the lick of the Katy Perry song playing, everyone's going to be like, we're not, we're not going to, we didn't pay for this. We want to mm-hmm. hear that sound. So for me, it was, how can I get the Indian percussion sound on the drums? So I would use my elbow for pitch bending on the floor, Tom. You know, the cross stick would signify this and finding very creative ways. So with the organic way of listening and the feeling and the groove of Indian rhythms and the sounds on the drum set and studying the tabla with the, the academic syllables and the rhythmic cycles, and I feel like now nah, I'm at a place where it's just like a part of my being. And I don't notice it that it comes out until people are like, Sarah, you have a sound. I'm like, really? They're like, Sarah, that's a cool Indian rhythm. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's just a rhythm. So it's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. That actually describes it perfectly because you, when you're playing um, it's so musical, you know, some people play drums and it sounds like, it sounds like drums. It sounds like a rhythm a backing rhythm for other music when you play drums it sounds like music and it comes through so naturally and i wonder are, are you um when you sit down to play does it just come out like it looks like it just comes out <laughs> are you are you thinking a lot or are, is this just like naturally coming out from what's inside to be quite honest i
1: don't think at all when i'm playing. Mm-hmm if I'm in the zone or if everything's smooth, I don't think when I'm anxious, my brain goes on fire. Then I have to settle down, but I don't think. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And I don't know, and I don't know if I've ever seen you anxious about playing before. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. I was so anxious that day. <laughs> okay. I take it back. I do remember that. I do remember <laughs> that. That was high pressure for sure. Um, but no, but, but really like you can hear that it's just in you and it's coming out and that excites me because, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of drumming um, over the past couple of decades and to see someone play like you do, and to see it just so natural and musical, it's just it's it's always amazing. So every time you post something, I'm like, yay, a new Sarah video, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. Um, and like in your playing, so you you naturally find inspiration from different styles of music, but are, but do you take? I know that you do take inspiration from. Um, sound effects, video game sound effects, um, for sure. But is, is there anywhere else that you're finding inspiration from? How are you kind of like tapping into that creativity?
1: Yeah, um, this quarantine, especially, I've been literally trying to do everything. Like, I know at the beginning of the quarantine, I took my mom's, um, what is it, like, you sweep the floor, is it called a sweeper? I don't even know because I don't sweep the floor. Brooms, the broom. The broom. <laughs> I know I need to do more chores around the house, so I, I took my mom's broom and I was like hitting it on the drums for fun or
0: like weird things like that. Um, so your mom is like, Where is my shovel, Sarah? Where is my broom? Oh, yeah, absolutely, she doesn't like me right now, especially because we're all home together. um.
1: <laughs> um In terms of, like, creativity. So I love popular music, like, growing up. Um, Hip-hop and, like, a bunch of stuff like that. So, like, you know, Soldier Boy or, like, whatever. I started cutting loops of them because their melodies were so catchy. And I'm like, you know, I want to work on my inner clock, like I want to work on my seven. So I took like crank that soldier boy, and I cut it into like different pieces. And then I would hit it on the one or I would hit it on the two. And it's like, in my mind, I want to make sure that I don't get lost. So groove and include the samples, then take a solo and include the samples. But then when you're coming back with the samples, hit the sample on different beats instead of always on the one leave the one open. So it's like just you know it's my concept of like improvising and creativity is like literally what do you have in this moment and how can i use that so that's taking away re- repetition um yeah double time so it's just like experimenting
0: yeah i love that um and are you when you're creating those videos are you imagining like playing with a band? I know you're, you know, you're stuck at home, you're, (laughs) you're figuring out ways to be creative on your own. But um, are you, you know, like daydreaming about the future or planning for the future?
1: Yeah, so luckily, we've had different phases in Toronto, like some lockdowns have been a bit easier. So we've had some gigs and stuff here and there. So I'm fortunate to say I have not constantly been at home so I've had some outlets in terms of playing with people Mm -hmm. also doing a lot of session work from home for like different people so that's been like music related but then when I'm just doing my own thing like I don't even I'm like I don't care like I'm just like literally doing my own thing and trying to think about if I had to go on stage one day how would I present this or what's my vibe like and yeah just exploring down that vein I would say
0: absolutely um, and, you know, shifting gears a little bit, you also post funny videos that crack me up. Um, one of them recently was you talking about the um, the shortening of the term shaking my head. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and how, you know, you were getting these um, comments or, you know, text messages with SMH <laughs> and thinking, what is that? And I it was so funny to me. Because I have the same experience all the time. And I joke all the time that I need like a dictionary of, and a lot of us do. Anyone who's like, you know, I don't know, just of of this generation, <laughs> maybe we need like a book that says, that translates. The other thing is emojis as well. You know, I, I worry about emoji use because I'm thinking, does this mean something else? I don't know. I need to be careful. <laughs> Best thing is the update on the iPhone that allows you to search for emojis by term because then I'm like, this is safe. But I just had to, you know, have some solidarity with you on that one because that video was so funny. And I was like, yes, I've had that same, same reaction. And just as, you know, I translate some of those things for my parents sometimes, I have to translate them for myself too and Google (laughs) it, right? Um. just so it's just too funny um and one other thing i just i had to get into with you is is something we've talked about over the years just in conversation and and in supporting each other too um being a woman in this industry that is you know i don't know what the percentage would be but high 90s probably (laughs) um on the playing side on the industry side um of male, you know, dominated, um, uh, field. And so like being a woman and connecting with you has been incredibly important. I find that, um, the, the women that are in this industry are amazing human beings, like across the board and, um, the connection's pretty amazing because, We are a a small group and and the support that we have for each other has been pretty incredible. Um, But how how have you found that through the years? Is it changing? Is are things are things getting uh, getting better, getting different? How how is it for you? So
1: I would say, you know, we live in my humble opinion. We live, live in an era right now where things are rapidly changing. Fortunately, technology, whatever it may be. So I when I came into the industry, um, especially the drumming industry, I felt like there weren't visibly, I couldn't see that many people around me. Mm -hmm. But I find right now with Instagram and everything you see amazing girls, women everywhere doing their thing, which is like so heartwarming. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess like one thing that I would say that I personally continue to face is this um, opinion that like, oh, girls are getting um, so much screen time on social media, so they're always supported. It's it's like it's the guys who you have trouble. So why are they complaining? And I've had people like literally say this to my face or comment on my videos, and I'm like, you're just seeing this on a on a on a screen, like on a very superficial level. You don't know what happens, you know, behind the scenes. Even just for instance, like for me personally, at nighttime when I'm walking to my car, putting my mm-hmm. drums in my car, or if the parking spot is too far it's like small things like that, where you feel uncomfortable. And and it's like, for me, like when I'm on tour, I don't want to explain myself. And then sometimes I feel scared when I'm alone or I've had comments made to me sometimes. And, you know, even like, you know, I'm engaged with my fiance and I've told people that. And like, you know, some people like, you know, trying to pursue whatever. And it's like, they don't know where to draw the line. And it's like all these things being considered. And I remember I talked about this on a video with Drumeo and um, Drumeo, and it, it, it exploded on social media to the point mm-hmm. where I got, I had 60% of people saying, you know, it happens, it's real. And then the other 40%, oh, she's like playing a victim card. She's a good drummer, but she needs to stop lying. And everybody faces these things. And I mm-hmm. said, of course, everybody faces these things, but I'm just telling you my experience and you unfortunately don't have the right to invalidate my experience, you know? Um but like uh, you know um off of that something that i currently experience is like people's judgments you know like like if i want to wear like a cute top or like you know show a little bit of belly or like wear a, you know like booty whatever like you know if you want to look good a little bit and you want to play the drums there's always like Oh, she's getting more views online because she's dressing a certain way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like if a guy is playing the same way and he's just like wearing a jersey or whatever, no one will say that kind of comment to him. And any the playing could be equivalent whether it's good whether it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I just recently saw Billie Eilish. She did uh, a cover for, for Vogue, and she did. She looked like like she was wearing like lingerie and looked like beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like the comments that she was getting that people are saying, oh, she's gone on the dark side and. You know, right. dressing that means she's a changed person. And, and she's saying, like, you do you like, why are these judgments coming on the way that we look? Do I the men surrounding me or that I have seen? I don't see judgments going on like a guy can play drums and have his like shirt off. Mm-hmm. Like, that's OK, But if a girl wants to wear like a bikini, you can't do that. And you get like judge, judge, judge. Right, right. Exactly. So yeah. So that's something like that I I find
0: constantly deal with. I totally understand that. I see that a hundred percent. I mean, the Billie Eilish example is the perfect example of that. This is a young woman. I mean, she's, she's growing up, you know, and she, she's, and she's, um, changing her style and that's a 100% fine, you know, whatever she wants to wear. She's, you know, beautiful, incredibly talented, However, she wants to do her hair. I, you know, the people that are like, I want, I like her green and black hair, and I don't like her blonde hair. It's like, well, what business is that, you know, of yours, really? That's yeah. her hair. She can do whatever she wants with it. She can wear what she wants. Um, I can, I can see that. Um, I've seen it in the comments on, you know, things that you've posted and, and photos that you've posted. Um, you know, if you take a picture with your your gear on and we're going to talk about your apparel in a minute for sure but if you take a picture yeah with with your you know your midriff showing it's like people comment on it and i'm thinking like that's not your business that's her body and you know so yeah i think there is a total double standard i know that um there are some women who choose to to drum in whatever they want to wear you know and maybe it's Maybe it's covered up or maybe it's a little, you know, what people might deem to be like, oh, that's a sexy outfit. But like that's that that's a grown woman. That's her business, you know. Um, And you think about music. I think about musicians as incredibly creative people and showing your creativity in what you wear, what your style is, how you do your hair. Like that's all part of it. That's part of your your identity as an artist, I guess, is what I'm saying. And so, um, but I do think there is that judgment there. Um, and it's, I do, I don't see that going away. I see the, I see the acceptance level, the more women. Um, I like what you said about, you know, how you, when you first started playing, you didn't really see other women playing and that has definitely changed. I love the fact that social media has helped make that change. Um, There are the groups, you know, Drummer Girls United and and the Hit Like a Girl um, organization. And it's just it's comforting to know that, like, there is a really great group of talented female drummers out there um, more for the support, you know, just to see yourself in each other. I think that's important.
1: Totally. And some of the messages that I've gotten from people like after speaking out about gender inequality it's like it's extremely sad that like these women have not talked publicly about it because they're either afraid um, because of their position or people won't accept or validate the trauma that they've been through. So it's like the ones who can speak publicly, I think it's our it's our duty to, you know mm-hmm. because absolutely not, not everyone's gonna get it and we don't we don't owe anybody an explanation you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, talking about it, advocating for each other, and then also being a great example for the next generation coming up of, um, of being strong and speaking up and, and, you know, being tough when you need to be tough and, um, and also kind of like letting the, the hate roll off of you and move forward. You know, I always say like, you know, if you're, if you're looking forward, you're looking to the future and, let it, let it fall behind you and just keep going and, you know, they can stay back there. Yeah. 100% agree. Um, and we just touched on it, but I have to bring it up. The, the apparel. Um, I, (laughs) I love, I want you to tell the story. You said you were like jogging, I think recently, right? (laughs) Or you're, uh, (laughs) and you got some funny looks, um, because your pants, matched your your face and people were like, what is going on? But all of us who know and love you and love your drummer face, like this is so, your apparel is just perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, so like I got like my pants, I got these pants joggers that are on my website, sarahthower.com by the way. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I got my face, like one of them has like spots on them and then one of the, the pants have like one big face on like either leg and you know, I do my two to three run cardio every every week and i was doing my run and like i could see like people's eyeballs like like they didn't want to look at me because i think they thought i was crazy so they were like just looking at me like that and i'm like yes (laughs) you know for me like the apparel and stuff that i've done it basically just literally signifies like be bold you know whatever that means for you like being bold doesn't mean like You know run around the street screaming it could just mean like sitting in a quiet corner but whatever bold means in your comfort level like don't be afraid to stick out of the crowd don't be afraid to be wrong you know take risks and literally just like be the best version of yourself and i feel like these you know sometimes i find the simplest things in life are always overlooked and they're seen as cliches but these things mean a lot to me and you know that's what the apparel basically represents it's just it's just a lot of fun just trying to be authentic yeah
0: Yes, be authentic and and you are authentic all the time. And I love that about you, Sarah. Um, And I love when you talk about be be okay with making a mistake, you know, take a risk and be okay with making a mistake. I think that's like that's life advice right there. You know, it it applies to the drums. It applies to music, but it also applies to life because I don't I can't remember a time where I took a risk on something and not a dangerous risk or or any of that, but like a risk on, well, you know, this could work out great and it might not. Um, But I can't remember a time that I took a risk like that and it wasn't at least an incredible learning experience, whether it was the right thing at the time or it worked out great, I learned from it. And I think that's the most important thing.
1: I 100% agree and even like when you're making a mistake and then x like you know sometimes I feel like if I decide to do something and then I'm like I could be wrong but there's this little hope in you saying you know you think you're wrong but no you're probably going to be right and then when you're wrong it's like you're absolutely crushed that you're wrong and so for me my um tendencies are to like go to my surrounding and say did I make the right decision What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And it's like, the more I have put myself out there, the more mistakes that I've made, I've seen these opinions of people of me being wrong, the opposing side has agreed more and more. Mm. But I don't agree. And I'm like, you know what, this is just challenging me to be thick skinned. And no matter if everybody says no, I'm like, I I know what I'm doing is right. One example. um, You know, the metric modulation challenge, I think we spoke about this briefly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everybody wants to rule the world so I'm like you know what like I'm gonna take this up a notch you know so play you know do a little spoken word show some independence just have a fun time you know and the video exploded like on Facebook it's like almost at a million views and on whatever Instagram it's like crazy wow literally the same day when I posted it on Instagram I lost 500 followers and I was like what have I done with my career? What- <laughs> people started saying, like, has Sarah, like, started acid? Like, is she on drugs in the <laughs> quarantine? And then people started po- posting memes, like, uh, at the time the vaccine wasn't out. So someone posted the vaccine. I got the vaccine and it didn't hurt and it had my face on it. Like, you you know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's funny. But it's like, that's that's the response that I got. And, like, some of my peers at the time or people that I looked up to were like, you're this is evidence that you're doing the wrong thing that people unfollowing you and like making fun of you this is evidence and i'm Mm -hmm. like i don't care that this is the evidence because it feels right to me
0: Mm -hmm. yes and that's and that is the most important piece of all of this right you're you're doing what you feel is right what you feel inside you know what your creative Mm -hmm. expression tells you to do and and it's working Mm -hmm. i mean so you lost those followers I'm sure you've gained them back by now and then some, and you know, the, the, the popularity of the video, it says something because you know, it was, it was like, it was out there in a great way, you know, and it just showed everything about you, your creativity and your kind of like power coming out. Um, I loved that video and, and the one sense fantastic. I mean, I can't wait for more. Um, and speaking of more, you have plans for more videos. Um, do you do you know what's coming up for you, like later this year? I know things are opening up and some tours are being booked and things like that. Um, what are you looking toward for the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, in the near future, I have some uh, um, some stuff like that I can't talk about, but it's like some stuff are like non drumming related, but mm-hmm. drumming related for different things, which is like, I'm really excited about. I'm just trying to like venture off and like try different things that I feel like I have interest in. Um, You know, but my ultimate dream is to play with my heroes that I have written down on a piece of paper, but ultimately is tour under my name and like, and headline my own tour. So that's something that I'm working on and writing music with a lot of amazing people. And I got my visas to like stay in the States right before the pandemic hit. And it was like super expensive and it Mm -hmm. sucks. I got it pandemic hit and it's last three years and I lost a year, which sucks. I know, but I'm going to renew it. But anyway, I get my second vaccine in August and then right away, I'm going to like head to LA and just start making these, these moves and making these dreams a reality. So.
0: Absolutely. And I can't wait for i can't wait to see what's what's going to happen and i love that you're planning on you know touring with your band under your name and i think that's the perfect direction for you um you know we've talked a little bit about owning your brand and you know the apparel is a step right for that and i i love that i mean what do you what do you think about um you know other other artists, what what advice would you give to them about in regards to owning their brand?
1: Yeah, one thing, one big advice that I would give is that, you know, it's like a university application. And the reason I said that I say this example is because I never got all universities that I applied for declined me. I only got accepted into one because I didn't fit the criteria. In life, there is no criteria. Oh, really and it's like you could have everything planned all your eyes dotted t's crossed and one day nothing goes as planned so what i say to say is what what is important to you what do you want your brand to be like i feel a lot of people are like no we have to have apparel no you don't mm-hmm. we have to have an album. no you what do you want and i feel like when you really figure out what do you want you then i find that the success or it's like the law it's the natural law of life or nature. It'll just like manifest in your life in the best way possible rather than trying to force things to compete against somebody else or to one up someone else or to just check mark a box. That's mm-hmm. my don't there's no such thing as comparison. Better or worse is man made, in my opinion. Everybody is beautiful and amazing just the way they are. And once you realize what works for you and what means most to you, I feel like, you know, the sky's the limit. So that's my advice.
0: That is incredible advice. I love that. And and I feel like once you reach that point in your life, it's really easy to um, see that in other people. It's easier to see the beauty around you and to not get caught up in um, comparisons, right? Um, Well, you know, once you've kind of like settled on, okay, this is who I am and you're accepting of yourself and you know yourself, um, you know who you are and you're okay with that. I think it's much easier to then look around you and be like, wow, I'm surrounded by beautiful, wonderful other humans. <laughs> and, um, so that's, I love, I love that advice. And also the part about like not forcing it. Um, and I think of my experience and any time I need to be creative. If I, if I have um, a reason where I need to think about something and come up with a creative idea, if I like sit down with a pen and a paper nothing's going to happen there. It's just, it just, I can't do that. I can't just push that and, and make it work. If I am driving somewhere and just not thinking, then that's when the the ideas come. You know, when I am in the shower and have white noise or something like, you know, you just there's something about that not thinking that helps you think or not trying to think about it. Um, so I like that, not forcing it. Um, and that kind of shows in your drumming too, because you, as you said, you know, you're not sitting down being like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. Um, you're, you're letting it come out. You're letting the creativity come out. Yeah. And it,
1: in improvising, which is in drumming music and in life, it's like when you're walking down the street, you're not thinking right, left, right, left. You know, you're going mm mm mm. So that's what I'm playing drums. I'm not going paradiddle all You know, I mean no. that's okay. But if you go that that. Then, you, then you're like getting into the rhythm of something. And automatically it's like you're into this flow state of everything just kind of flowing naturally. I like I love the show Big Bang Theory. You've probably heard, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sheldon Cooper, he before he made his um, giant discovery, he took a job as I think like taking out the garbage in like a Starbucks or something like that because mm-hmm. he didn't want to think. As soon as he was like taking out the garbage, the idea shot at him and he got it. Instead of sitting there trying to figure it out.
0: Yes, that is the perfect example. Um, one one experience that I had that kind of relates to um, our our connection was um, in the Zildjian factory when I was you know learning about the, the um, machinery and the process of symbol making. Um, you know there would be periods of time, say you know four hours at a time, where I was at one machine pushing a button you know, um, using a screwdriver, putting a symbol on, pushing another button. And that repetition, I was, you know, I, at that point I had hadn't had four hours of continuous in my own head thinking. And that just kind of like put a light bulb on for me. I was thinking like, I need more of that kind of time, you know, where I'm actually just letting my brain do its work Um, because that is when things come to you, when you're not, you're not thinking about thinking you're, you're just, you know, kind of in your head. Um, And I just recently, this, this makes me think of something else, which is um, the people who have like an inner dialogue. um, Have you had that? Have you had, have you read about that or had that conversation? Like some people have an inner dialogue all the time that's just constantly going, Um, and then there are other people who don't have that kind of like voice in in their head which is like their own voice you know it's not hearing voices but it's (laughs) it's your own voice talking to you and I think that's interesting I wonder how that correlates to creativity as well yeah like my
1: opinion or with my personal experience with that is like I've hard based on science you know like we have what ten thousand thoughts a day or something like that and our brains from my understanding it's kind of like a computer or it's kind of like facebook you're just scrolling down and you don't have control over whatever Mm -hmm. so i I always try to like i I do some meditation here and there and like a lot of mindfulness practice so it's like you can sort of separate yourself from what the noise is in your brain rather Mm -hmm. than what your heart or what your gut is telling you
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think when you when you kind of quiet that the doubts or the constant thoughts or oh, I didn't, you know, switch the laundry or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> like all those things that go through your head. Um meditation is just amazing um for that and for, you know, letting your your creativity flow, I think. Um so many so many of my favorite drummers are into meditation, so I think that says something for sure. Um, but yeah, I just, I appreciate your insights so much because, you know, it's always great to talk with you and get some really great advice and um, and hear what you're up to. So thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today and for sharing your life with us and for always being so authentic. We all appreciate that.
1: It's always a pleasure hanging with you and chatting with you. And I can't, I just can't wait to do more.
0: Yes, absolutely. In person. Sometime soon.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Thank you, Sarah. We'll take care and we'll see you soon. Awesome. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.